This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, this is the Africa Climate Conversations weekly podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. Now, next week, we will wind up the mental health and climate impact series. This series has been made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard Jibafei Fund for Women Journalists. Today, I invited James Kimaru, the Lake Bogoria National Reserve Senior Warden, to tell us where we are in terms of research on the rising water levels on the Rift Valley lakes. Now, located in the Rift Valley, Lake Bogoria National Reserve is a stunning place. It is adorned by a pink color of flamingos and gazes bubbling with the most spectacular hot water volcanic springs. But unfortunately, Kimaru says the lake has swelled more than 10 kilometers and 90% of these water springs are underwater. Annually, the lake earns Kenya between 70 to 80 million shillings, but visits have reduced by over 95% over the last one year. But despite its tourist attraction and revenue generation, Kimaru says only 5% of the Baringo County, home to three flooded Rift Valley lakes, budget goes to conservation research. Lake Boria is one of the tourism destinations. It's one of... Uh most of the birds, wildlife, again, the lake is alkaline, it's not a freshwater lake. Yeah. Not like Baringo, Baringo is a freshwater. Basically, we've been having series of uh, lake swelling or, uh, I mean, there's a lot of increase of inflows. Mm-hmm. And more so, uh, like Borea is actually like, it's down, it's downstream. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of inflows comes from the upper stream. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the lakes that are within the Rift Valley. And if you try to see it, Bogoria is more of, uh, uh, lower than the, than the other lakes. Mm. However, like Bogoria was considered in 1973 as a national reserve, mm-hmm. which is under the management of uh, Baringo County government. It's not under KWS, but it's uh, under Baringo uh, County government. Mm-hmm. Uh, department of Environment, Natural Resources, and Tourism and Wildlife. Uh, the lake covers 107 kilometers square. Uh, it has international uh, sites, which has which has been ratified by the state as one of uh, uh, a world site. It's all, uh, also a Ramsar site. This also an IB area. Uh, basically, it is actually a source of revenue to the, to the county. Sure. Uh, we have we actually have a number of visitors up to hundred thousand per year, mm-hmm. which is actually the main revenue earning for the for the GDP of county and also as a treasury national treasury. Mm-hmm. So we actually experienced this rainfall pattern, which started slightly from around twenty thirteen. Before we move to the rain pattern, can uh, how much does it earn? Like. Uh, the money that generates for the county? It's only because of this pandemic, uh, COVID-19, which has brought a problem, but mm. there was a slight lingering. Uh, because our last revenue collection last year was around 82 million. Eight, 82 million? 82 million. Uh, for the year? For the year, for the uh, financial year. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's actually between that between 70 to 80 million by year but because of this pandemic now we just really reduce the number of visitors uh, but the government is trying to to, to regulate issues on, on public health protocol, COVID-19 protocols. But um, nevertheless, the visitors has really, really gone down mm-hmm. as compared to previous years. Mm-hmm. The revenues have gone down to what time? To how much now? No, it's, le- it's uh, that's really gone down. We've never, we've never actualized. We have never actualized because we normally summarize at the end of financial year. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are seeing it's, it is almost 98%, which has really gone down. So it is drastically fantastic. It just mm-hmm. really gone down. Okay. So this rainfall pattern started from 2013, uh, on and off, but from 2017 is when now the leg the, the, the swelling has drastically increased. Mm-hmm. We just uh, come, our normal size of the leg used to be around 32 kilometers square, but now it's around 42. So it's almost like 10 kilometers we just increase. Yeah. Uh, basically, the government has formed the task force, which is now overseeing uh, the rail changes because this this thing actually has really affected the whole Rift Lakes yeah. and 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 um, Victoria region. So there is a lot of concern from the government. There is a multi-task team which was formed through the which is actually aided by the peers in the environment mm-hmm. uh, with uh, around four ministries, which they are now working on. I being part of the task force team, uh, we've uh, actually uh, collected the whole data. It's now uh, uh, analyzed. It's a small one group with the analyzing, but I think they release the real document as soon as possible. Okay. Which, which I mean, that's the first from stages. That's what the government for discussion and then now that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of data have you been collecting as a task force? Uh, we've actually generally collect the the impacts which has resulted from the leg uh, the swelling of the legs we have again in terms of impacts there is a number of uh, displaced people there is a uh, uh, infrastructure development which has which has really really impacted on several of them including the schools uh, public utilities uh, the roads uh, like like border, there was an air strip which is now under the water. So we we are trying to collect the data on on actually the impacts on that. The other thing is we are trying to to have historic uh, information whether this event whether these changes has met has been there before. So we are trying to gather the information from the the locals living around, especially at the historical backgrounds. The other. Uh, uh, thing we are doing, the, the other thing we are collecting is we want to ascertain the short term and the long term uh, issues that the government can handle, which uh, we are actually collecting from the public. The other is uh, we can make some arrangement now, uh, some infrastructure can be actually uh, fast track so that they, we get the movement like in Lake Baringo there was an issue of the road which is the road which is going through the Churu or the whole way to, to, to Cabedo. The, 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 I mean, the the, 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 the lake has already swelled. So it was uh, uh, the main reason of task force was to ascertain such and see the uh, solution, mm. both the short term and the long term. Okay.
the other is the awareness. We were trying to educate people to move to, from to the higher ground instead of living in the lower ground. So there was a lot of impacts which we, we encountered. Uh, others like there's a public, public utilities like when we go to Kambasamagi, the hospital is now under the water. Uh, the hospital at Lagboria is now around Loboy Center, is under the water. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lagboria gate, the old gate which was done by the government, at around the tune of 30 million, they are now all under, under the water. Several people we, we actually encountered has been displaced. So when the task force came, those are part of the information we got. Like uh, in Baringo, they had displaced people around 3,700 households. Mm -hmm which is, if you see the population there, it's almost around 30,000 people which has been displaced. Uh, there's again, in terms of wildlife, the lack, the, these lakes are really swell and now there's an issue on wildlife because we are now experiencing a lot of issues on human wildlife conflict mm -hmm. because the wildlife are now close to households or where the people are living. So those are the uh, changes we encounter. Uh, the other thing which we've uh, seen in the same impact is there's a lot of destruction in infrastructure which has led to a lot of property increase of property index because if you see like most of the irrigation schemes around Marigan rely on these rivers, River Barger and Amol River. So there's a lot of uh, uh, canals which has been uh, sealed, sealed, there's a lot of change of uh, uh, the canals which actually used to be building the irrigation scheme so it has really done a lot again the decision uh, change of leg ecosystem now mm -hmm. if you see like water is more becoming more fresh which is because of this a lot of water coming in uh, the issue again on loss of human wildlife uh, issues conflict is a lot of issues pertaining human wildlife conflict. Have, in terms of cases reported, yes, in terms of reason and what, what are the numbers? Uh, we can't tell because uh, this rampant movement of wildlife at the moment. People move from like Baringos following those rivers, and now it's almost like uh, they, they, there's a lot of scared, scaring of the uh, people. And again, uh, not all people actually are used to wildlife. Now this hippo uh, is commonly around, around like Baringo, but the same same crocodile now you can spot from like Bori, around like Bori, especially the, the, the mouth of the rivers, the deltas of the rivers that feeds the lake, especially the Wasas River and the Majimoto River. Mm. So there is a lot of uh, such such cases. Uh, again, this issue on land conflict issues because the displaced people at the, at, uh, at the lower level. Uh, has issues now with people who are living in the, in the higher ground. So there's a lot of uh, conflict in land. There's a lot of cases now, people saying that used to be my land. So there's a lot of conflicts in that in that place. The other thing is that Lake Bukhari is actually the, the main attraction is the hot springs, mm. the geysers and the hot springs, which you normally have over 200 uh, geysers and hot springs. But as we speak now, almost 95% are underwater. Basically, our main visitors in Bogoria is a, a school-based program. I mean, institution of learning. Because that is a geography, ge ge geography where people need to know more about the geysers and those springs. Mm. Uh, 
I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of infrastructure development which has been impacted, yeah. specifically the roads, yeah. uh, uh, which is almost like, you're saying a total of around three, 400, kilo, 400 kilometers of the road has been, uh, has been affected in Baringo. Mm. This is an alkaline lake. So when there's a lot of influx water that is coming, actually that is fresh, changes the, the, the pH balancing. To what extent has the biodiversity being impacted or lost due to this uh, phenomenon? I mentioned earlier before that uh, the lake has swelled more than 10 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is, a, this is an alkaline lake. So the more the swell, the more there's a lot of uh, destruction in terms of uh, habitat, change of habitat, uh, dry up of several uh, vegetation, uh, because this is actually an alkaline. And again, there is a change in terms of we have uh, landing places for the flamingos and uh, resting places and where there is inflows of water coming in. So the more the swelling is, all open space where the flamingos uh, normally used to stay or where the wildlife, you know, there are some wildlife which actually uh, they are territorial. So once the uh, southern territory is meant for the impalas or the kudus or, or the gazelles, now when the lake swells beyond the, where they normally have space, because you know there is a lot of predators, so they require open open areas where they normally used to. But now because of the ecosystem, because of the tension of the lake, that's really, really impacted everything, including the wildlife, which is now there is a minimal in terms where they can be able to stay. Mm. Again, there is a, there used to, used to be a lot of springs that are fresh water springs along the shore of the lake, but almost all of them, 90% are now underwater. So there is uh, scarcity of the water for the wildlife. And again, there is a scarcity of the fresh water for the flamingos because the flamingos require fresh water. Mm -hmm. And have you seen a huge influx as in, in moving away of especially the flamingos and other wildlife? Yes, several, yes, several. We've experienced a lot of, um, as now as we speak, even the flamingos are now in uh, people's farm because they require an open, open place. The lake as well beyond the boundary, which was cassetted in 1973 by the government. So as we speak, there's a lot of impact in terms of the displacement of the people, household, and where the wildlife used to be. Because when the cassettement was done, the, there was a, a lot of huge space where even they used to be having even the airstrip. The airstrip now underwater. Mm -hmm. So there's impact in that. When it comes to water bodies, every water body has a source. What is the major source of Lake Bogoria? Uh, we have two permanent rivers, which is River Wasegas, which flows the whole way from it, uh, from uh, like Ibia, part of Nakuru, Nyandarwa, and, and Bogoria, and not Beringo. So basically, those are that, that is the main uh, river. Uh, though we have challenges in terms of catchment protection from okay. the upper catchment, because there is a lot of obstruction from the upstream. But the government has tried to, we've actually formed uh, a water resource users authority, association, mm -hmm. which covers, which cross-cut the whole river from the catchment, the middle catchment and the lower catchment, so that they are able to have that dialogue. With uh, the same, we are securing funding for those uh, rules, so that they are able to educate people, create a lot of awareness, enforce law where it's applicable by use of uh, uh, water act, 2012 and Hemka, uh, so we are, we are trying to 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 educate communities so that they, they have that ownership of the utilization of the resource for the lower and the middle 
catchment to to utilize. Mm. The second river is uh, Majimoto, which flows the whole way from Mogotio down to to, to Lagoria. It's the same same process we have done. We have a, a small grant program from the GF, which has funded the, the, the two rivers to have a lot of creative awareness, to have a, a spring protections along those uh, rivers, uh, and again to to regulate the water users authorities so that we don't block the old streams. Nevertheless, uh, this is something which is so unique because the more you create the counties, there is a lot of, you bring a lot of uh, communities, different ethnic communities with different use of, wise use of the land use practices. But we are trying to create awareness through the same rules. So those are the two main rivers. The third one, which is actually plays a big role, is the the hot springs and the streams and the and the, and the springs mm-hmm. that are within there. But now they're all underwater. Mm-hmm. But it used to play a, a lot of role in terms of discharge for the fresh water of the lake. Mm. Yep. When, when we're looking into land use change, it results to depending on the land use um, within that particular within the that river ecosystem plays a whole large issues in terms of um, siltation that ends up are the rivers. Do you think um, deforestation within the larger ecosystems that this river flows and within that whole ecosystem from upstream middle to the lower stream, is the lake having a problem in terms of um, sedimentation that flows into the lake? And uh, Well, yes, there is a lot of the, the sediment and there is a lot of siltation, especially the, the, the deltas or the mouth of the rivers that flows because the more the, the the more the inflows comes in, comes with a lot of uh, loads and, and seals. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you we've done a lot of research to, to see the uh, the sediment as our load, the load, the load that has been discharged for those couple of around three four years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of siltation, especially the, the mouth of the rivers. Mm-hmm. The other thing which we are trying to to overseas, we are trying to come up with so many research institutions so that they do a lot of research. Though, though nowadays in this country, you know, we normally rely on sometimes funding from donors on the same. And sometimes we get, uh, we have an MOU with relevant uh, institutions, the universities are there in Kenya, sometimes even uh, outside universities. But with this uh, COVID issue and the financial constraint, we have limited on in, 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 the, in the research. Mm. And so that means there's no tangible research that is currently going on? Well, there, there, there is, there is, but it's not so vigorous. I mean, you know, there is that, uh, you know, once the data is collected, there must be that continuation. So that once you analyze, you analyze something which is going on. We used to be having a program uh, run by WWF from 2002, mm. no, from 1996 to 2009. But when the WWF programs ended, now this lacks it in terms of consistency of, of, the, info, of the data. And then around 2015, 16, we had so a research which was going on for a couple of two years. So you see there's that cup, there's a break, break up between that. Mm-hmm. But um, now we have uh, TF is within. Uh, there's a program which is running within the landscape for the last two years. And then we are now going for the G, uh, G7. The, the, the current one is G6, so we are going with the G7. So once we get the funds for the next program, then we'll be able to get the flow of, of uh, information. 
Kimaru, you mentioned something very good, and I'm wondering, this lake itself, on one lake, Bogoria itself, is very critical for economy of this particular county, generating 70 million to 82 million between that is very good for this country. But why is it that we do not allocate fund? Because this lake started filling up, the water started rising up in 2013, but it took the drastic rising up, um, swelling and even displacing our people for us to start even collecting data. Why do we have to always keep waiting for international organization? Well, else we have counties here. How do we plan without concrete data? Why have we not invested? And why are we still not investing our own monies that we call part of the, this collection to invest in this research? Well, uh, I want to uh, clearly uh, put uh, like this, this that um, with this uh, new dispensation, these new uh, devolution systems, mm. the budget allocations nowadays are done through the budget process. And the budget process is done at the village level. Okay. At the village level. What do you mean village at level? the village level we have the the budget processes is approved at the at the location of level at the village level because okay. it is actually them which, which is prioritizing the, the the programs that needs to be done okay. and again with these uh, county integrated programs the cidb mm-hmm. which is actually developed for for by five years the same same process is done through the the same process it has to start from what level goes to the uh, sub-county sub-county to to the county. So the main challenge that we experience as a, as a department or as a, a research programs is that it's not a priority. It's not a priority to, to, to Kenyans. Even if you see at the national level, you see the budget of uh, environment and tourism and forestry is actually the least, the, the least budget allocated, even included at the national level. Most of the money goes to things that are more of, you no. Know, saying you want to do a standard cage railway but you don't conserve what is what do you mean yeah so it's not a priority that's the main problem even in baringo it's only five percent comes to to conservation the rest goes for other development you see that they say you want to hospital we want the ecd we want roads we want the kettle dip but nobody is concerned in conservation so we are actually it's it's a, a a dilemma that is why I don't mean I don't say we are relying on the national uh, international, but the international uh, cities or treaties that has been ratified by the state as a concern. So we have to use such ratification to oversee that there is an impact, environmental impact, because these are, these are international uh, uh, bodies governing uh, institution or some programs. Because the interesting bit is this: these our governments are the same people who ratify. CITES who ratify, who sign these international treaties, right? But they're the same people who do not allocate funds to conservation. But I, I don't I don't blame the government. I don't blame the government. I blame people because it's not a priority. It's not a priority. If you talk to the parliament appeal for conservation, even this task force team we were formed September last year. Up to now, they're still they're saying we are discussing, we are finalizing, we are analyzing, we want to go to the cabinet. But perhaps this thing was supposed to be something that touches like, I don't know, it could be something like security or something like uh, roads or something like that. Doing a survival in Nairobi, instead of allocating some conservation, uh, this conservation. I tell you, there's displaced people in the country uh, of uh, this phenomenon. You know, it's even this uh, climate change should be uh, uh, something that needs to be given attention. It needs the government to, to be tentative. Even, even accounting, 
they should prioritize that because now there is around 30 people who are, who are being displaced. There is a number of schools. If I tell you this, yes, I tell you there's a school like Ngambo, which is under the water. The students have been moved from Ngambo to, to Leguere Girls. Salavani school is not there. Kesarian is not there. Uh, part of Leguere Girls is not there. So what do you mean? Like Baringo, the old school is not there. The students was was uh, under the tree the other day. They were under the tents, which was uh, given by Red Cross. The uh, students, uh, because of this thing, they panned the whole yeah. tents. So it's not a priority. It's not a priority. You can go to talk to a governor. He'll tell you, budget, budget. And when the emergency things comes like this, nothing like that. COVID came the other day, but there's a lot of billions of money which was injected there. Why not uh, something like that? And the leg is still swelling. Perhaps now if like Bori and like Baringo meets, the other one is alkaline and this, the other one is fresh. So it will change the local system. We lose more than thousands and thousands of species of wildlife. So it's not, it's not an issue of Akuna uh, Pesa. It's not a priority. What can, you mentioned that you don't blame the government, you blame the people. What can the people do? When they are doing the budget process, they should include conservation as a priority. It's not an issue of VCD, it's not an issue of broads, it's not an issue of cattle. So it is them. Oh, the government can say this. Uh, I mean, budget, budget allocation should be given a percentage. That a certain percent goes for this. So when the community, when the people are now budgeting, doing the budget process, they know that a certain percent goes to this and this and this. So it's actually the Ministry of Finance to, to give such instructions and the Parliament to decide that. And apart from what the committee is already doing, do we have concrete program that is dedicated, doing something called government red? or maybe a research institution that is concretely researching in terms of understanding what is the future of these lakes? Because the rain is actually almost falling, right? Are we sure what is going, what is expected? What do we expect? Is this lakes going to expand more? Is the lakes, because there's already the danger of the lakes meeting. There's already the uh, uh, Lake 94 that formed at the El Nino. Yes. What is the future for this particular ecosystem? The three of them. Uh, what we are doing is, uh through Kenya, Kenya Wildlife Training Institute, KWS TI, there are programs on, on, on water quality monitoring, which, which, which will entail the inflows uh, programs monitoring under the, under the same department, which is circulated by Central Senior Research Scientist. I mean, there are regional research scientists on, on the same. Uh, Two weeks, no, last month we did some sampling on the same. We, we saw that. So it is, we are trying to have an information where we can we can feed to the government. The other thing is uh, we have uh, an MOU with the institution of higher learning. We have an MOU with uh, Nairobi University, uh, Moy University, Rivertex. So we are trying to, to, to see that we have institutions whereby, if in case of anything, they are able to actually take leap and uh, foresee what is going on. The same thing is uh, the task report will be released. So that will be the guideline, the, which will, uh, it will be a model that will be used to follow what are the, the recommendations which has been made, uh, the resolutions which, which will be there in the, in the task force report, the actions, the actors, we will get several actors which will be doing that. So we are actually on, the, on that note. Once we, once we receive this document, we will be able to 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 act to you basic basing on the the results that are in the in the document. Mm. Uh, the other thing is um, we launched it last last December we launched the water management plan. So it's actually another document which is now guiding us on in terms of management and in terms of 
new uh, things and in terms of our budget allocation can be done because it, it entails uh, several programs that needs to be done for the protection of yes system. yes so and the, the very last one in terms of i there was a fear last time when the water rose that baringo bogoria and lake 94 would actually uh meet what is the future right now or is there still no uh, research or meant to ascertain what is the future hold for this particular lake well uh, i actually i saw it was a really really concern there was uh, i think two weeks ago there was a uh, directives from the president that uh, the technical team was given 70s to ascertain the, the actual uh, action that needs to be done uh, within that but our proposal as a, a task force was we we need to develop a dike which will which will actually plug uh, Bogoria not flowing to 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 Baringo okay. uh, that is the other thing the other thing is that there are, there are two rivers which actually flows to Bogoria so our proposal again was to to divert the two rivers to 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 Lake Baringo and actually before that those two rivers used to be flowing to to Lake Baringo mm-hmm. but because of siltation uh, that is uh, the main problem and this this invasive species plan called prosobis which has mm-hmm. really dominated the area and uh, the same program from the chief small grant program from chief UNDP is uh, there is a program which is now empowering communities to 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 do away with the prosobis i mean to uproot and then utilize the land so the, the, the actually one of the blockage of siltation or the a lot of uh, silt is being blocked by those uh, which has really changed a lot of courses of the rivers. So th- there are some recommendations which we actually we, we gave out to the, uh, as a task force, and we propose some will be in in act, act, acted, some will requires a long term, and that some will require short term. Mm. Yeah. Why does it uh, lead to so much siltation? This the process. I mean, the, the prosopis growth is very fast, and again, it's more con- conjunction. You know, the, the, the others three species can be in a separate space but this one is more conjected and again it's uh, when there is a lot of loads so it blocks most of the rivers okay. change causes of the rivers mm-hmm. yep. mm. and if you do the dike is there no way because then again this place not also being so flat won't the rivers also find i mean the, that that increases the amount of water for lake baringo and displaces communities more what is the future for those communities well, uh, what I was saying is, uh, I may have little in terms of uh, ac- actions on that because the, the task report will entail all those information. Mm. And then the other thing is, uh, part of this, what we are doing is to create awareness for the people to move from the lower ground to the higher ground. To the higher ground. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, I mean, they like, they have no options. Like, you know, once you know that the river is coming this way, the option is to move from where? From there. So it is something that needs people need to be educated more. Mm-hmm. Because some has already given up, but uh, you will tell them there is no option. Look for your brother or your friend or something like that. Just move to mm-hmm. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's your What's your final word in terms of especially to do with research and the future of these particular lakes? What I can say is um, the future is actually we, we can foresee. You know, this is something which which, was, which came the other day. Mm-hmm. But we try to see the historic things they are saying. In 1903, it was the same same level. 1961, something raised up to almost there. So it's almost like within 6 to 50 years, something like that can happen. So if this one will subside down, it's actually a lesson we've learned in our generation that uh, something can happen. 
whether level can raise things can change uh but what is there is uh, i recommend that we do more research on the same we uh, impact on the research institutions to 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 get a lot of research so that in future we will be having a lot uh the other thing is now we want the, the, the nema guys because at this is now the highest level where we we we, we experience so if they are in a position of of uh, doing the the beaconing now of the what of, of the of the wetlands they will be able to actually tell this is where we should live and this is where we should not live mm. so a lot of research needs to to be shared within the relevant institutions mm. yeah as the task force as are you finding that there's probably very little understanding in terms of documentation that has happened over the years because if we do not know tangibly as in we don't have is it that we don't have data to show historic data to show us how it was unless we rely on the local communities the older ones who live along that belt uh, well from uh, the recommendation of the views we saw is this limited in terms of research that has been conducted especially on on water level increase a lot of research has been conducted in terms of water quality in terms of inflow rates in terms of uh, uh, soil texture and everything but nana has really done a lot in terms of like level increase because this is something which is new this is a phenomenon which has never been experienced mm. uh, you can say this is was done by we, we have so many pro, 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 professors that we are doing as with the task force but most of their knowledge knowledge boys in terms of is in terms of water quality to, uh, analysis uh, text channel so forth like now they were saying the tackwell the tackwell uh, river mm-hmm. which is actually the main power source was constructed in 1991 but the level where the water has reached now has never and has never reached since the the, the, the inception mm-hmm. so those are part of uh, things we are uh, the guys from the gdc the, the, the guys from the geologists but they they're saying this is something which has never been experienced before and now that is another phenomenon in case that river uh, that uh, uh dam break the, the banks it will be a, 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 something which is which cannot so we are trying the same recommendations are now going to be synthesized people who are under who are now in the uh, downstream that in case of anything there's there's no option we've been experiencing a lot of landslides especially at marakwetan also all those siltation goes down to that those uh, dams so it is uh, something which is which is which requires a lot of study we we don't rush for pro- projects we don't rush for programs we don't say we want to do a dam with no uh, uh, tangible research done mm. yep and in, especially in this day and age where now climate change is real yes. we have more rainfall we have uh, le- uh more info that is coming actually all at once it's very important for us to actually keep on conducting research yes definitely and again you know the population pressure is increasing mm. so there is a lot of people living subhadat with no proper uh, i mean planning where you can uh, put your house or something like that so if you go around this uh, uh cabernet road you'll see a lot of houses built at the top of uh, a hill so in case of any landslide 
we lose a lot. So there is a measure that needs to be to be done. Now James Kimaru, the Lake Bogoria National Reserve senior warden, talking about the flooding at Lake Bogoria and conservation research. Remember, this episode is part of the Mental Health and Climate Impact series made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists. Visit our website www.africaclimateconversations.com for more episodes. And keep those emails coming using info at africaclimateconversations.com. I will see you next week on Thursday on the Financing Change series. But until then, kwaheri. My name is Sophie Mbogo. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.